welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. So our guest this week is Casey Tony, who is maybe best known as playing Tech Wizard on the podcast Neo Scum. He's also an audio editor, and he apparently has some other interests that I did not know about, which we learn about in this episode. Yeah, so he decided to talk about his experience with songwriting, which was a really cool conversation. Like, I mean, I had no idea about any of that, which is the point of this show. <laughs> uh, but it also like turned into, I think, a really interesting conversation about being someone who make stuff and how you kind of grapple with the limited amount of resources and time that you have like in balance with what you want to pursue I suppose I Mm -hmm. I don't know it's it clearly I articulate this as well (laughs) now uh, as I did during the episode where I got so like overcome with like feelings about art that I think at some (laughs) point I just kind of yelled so well speaking of yelling I I do want to mention that about well it was maybe three quarters of the way through this recording my internet went out and we tried to get it back up it did not work so i i was recording via my skype on my phone and then talking actually recording through my real microphone but you guys could only hear me through the phone but apparently my data signal is terrible so every time i try to say anything i was breaking up so bad you couldn't actually hear so if i sound a little shouty it's because it was very difficult to shout into the phone but not shout into my microphone <laughs> and it was also like a, a wild experience in terms of participating in the conversation, which is a pity because Casey had a lot of smart things to say, and so did you, and I wanted to be able to participate more than I could. So I don't know, maybe I should just say whatever I was going to say now, which I I said a little bit in the episode, but in terms of um, the themes of, you know, being frustrated with a number of side quests there are in life, I guess maybe is the way to put it. Uh, I think that um, in part because social media has encouraged those of us in the arts, particularly to monetize everything that we do so that everything has to be like this big deal and this thing that we share with absolutely everyone. But I think that also makes people feel like they're being pulled in a million different directions. And you're not actually a bunch of disparate pieces because your art is is about interfacing with the world and interfacing with yourself and your own feelings about your life and, and your experiences. And if it accomplishes something for you, it seems like that should be enough because you know you're like you're basically you're manifesting your soul in the real world and that's not something that you should ever apologize for or feel like is inadequate i mean it's definitely something that i think most of like my peers and myself and I think like anyone I've ever come into contact with ever kind of struggles with that feeling of like needing to reach some kind of benchmark of the thing in order for it to be like a valid use of time but like any amount of it is a valid use of time and like not to say that you like you shouldn't want to pursue it to the level that you want to but like it's like okay like it's not it's not okay Uh, it's it still means something even if you don't get it to hit that level whoever you are you are not doing art wrong because you can't right and I I mean I think that that really this is one of the episodes where I I feel like that was very much the mission of the podcast when I came up with the idea of saying like these parts of yourself that you think are maybe not relevant to who you are and how you experience the world actually they are and you should you know forgive yourself for all those dark corners where you kind of let the dust accumulate because they still they still mean something in your life And as a side note, if anyone wants to, like, do some kind of, like, purification blessing (laughs) on all of our internet connections and technical things, because I feel like we've, I think we've had a string of a couple now (laughs) where we've been like, so by the way, uh, so if anyone, like, this is just, uh, just, you know, putting that that energy out there, if anyone wants to kind of do anything about that, uh, we wouldn't say no. Yeah, if you have some sage, if you potentially are a techno mage of some kind, uh, we would appreciate it so (laughs) but right now we should get back to our original conversation and let Casey talk to us admittedly and you should stay to the end of this episode past the credits because Casey does mention uh, that he has some audio recordings of his music and we are putting one on the end of the episode so make sure that you don't miss that here we go. <laughs> it's like, do we say like, and now uh, we need know. a drum roll. We need a drum yeah. roll to go into the episode. <laughs> so, 
see, now I'm just like, oh man, I could have used the fun fact of the time I, which is the fun fact that I use for most uh, artist bios whenever I do conventions, mm. which is about the time I got trapped in the carousel of progress and I thought, <laughs> like, I genuinely thought I would be there the whole day. Wow. It just, like, stopped. Like, the rotation of it stopped, but then it, like, played through the animatronic section, like, five more times. Oh, And I was sitting horrifying. there going, like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna die here. <laughs> and also that's, like, the exact opposite of progress. It's right, like almost yes. like mo- fate was mocking you. It's like, oh, you want progress. Well, how about I trap you in this animatronic hell? <laughs> the fucking Ouroboros of robotic, like, human imitation it's very scary. And no one ever, like, came over the loudspeaker to be like, yo, we're gonna, like, evac the ride, so just hang tight. It'll be fine. We eventually <laughs> all just, like, walked out. <laughs> wait, like, wait, wait. <laughs> Without any direction or anything, they just were Yeah, like-, like, because they kept being like, hey, stop, don't stand up in your seat. Like, don't stand up, don't move around, which is, like, fine, but, like, I also need information that I'm not gonna be stuck here all day. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. any kind of, like, or, like, you could have just turned the power off to the ride. I think that would have been fine fine yeah so we all eventually just like walked out a door i have to imagine it was probably especially weird that they set all those wild dogs loose uh, <laughs> in the ride yeah. and locked the doors see what i've been stuck w- uh on small world repeatedly for a significant length of time and you cannot evacuate it without assistance yeah i've gotten stuck on i've never been stuck in carousel of progress i've been stuck on small worlds uh i've been stuck on the people mover. I've Hold been on. stuck on. <laughs> what amusement park saw movie do you guys live in that you are just getting fucking stuck in these attractions all the time? How many times have you been on this ride, or is it just like? I mean, I live here, so I've okay, been so that... I've been on stuff a, a more than is really reasonable. Um, I okay. would say, but yeah, I mean, I well, I was stuck on the haunted mansion once for like twenty minutes, and I was really hoping that they were going to evacuate us because then they would have had to turn the lights on. But no, oh, we just sat no. in the graveyard listening that song looping for like 20 minutes in almost total darkness which was not <laughs> not great that was the only time i've ever been scared of the haunted mansion i was like eventually i was like i'm i don't really want to see this this zombie pop up again i'm good can i'd I, like to get off can i tell you guys something about the haunted mansion it's the only memory i have of the haunted mansion uh i i think maybe uh you know across space time you were stuck on that ride so much because of <laughs> Uh, as, like, punishment for me, uh, wading through the entire, like, whatever fucking, like, hour and 20-minute line uh, for that ride with my parents when we visited Disney World. And then uh, right after the video played and it was time to, like, get on the ride, me feeling, like, getting, like, sick <laughs> and having to, like, throw up, uh, and feeling or feeling nauseous, rather, and having my mom having to, like, leave, be like, okay, and, like, leave the line and and not go on the ride. I've carried that guilt with me. Can I tell you? Uh, for real, no joke. Uh, I would go to Cedar Point in Ohio, which is really, really good amusement park, you know, like a roller coaster uh, primarily uh, place. And when I was a kid, I would get so, and, and I guess it's it's probably ADHD, but I, I would get like so fucking hyped up with like adrenaline in any time. Like I'd been waiting in anticipation during like a line for the whole time that like right before I got on the ride, so often when I was a kid right as we got up there I would feel like I had to throw up and I would like abandon it and my parent one of my parents would have to like not ride the ride I feel so thinking about it right now I feel so fucking guilty there's my guilty treasure there's no fucking treasure though it's oh but see you've like let it out into the world and now it's just like let it float away and it's like it's gone now it's in the audio space and you know yeah it's it's gone forever yeah I suppose I've exercised it and and, uh, exercised it in a bit Uh, I I really I'm gonna call my parents after this and apologize (laughs) I feel like my mom probably really wants wanted to ride the Haunted Mansion, and she's never gone back to Disney World. Jesus Christ, I need to buy tickets to Disney World and take my mom on that fucking ride. What am I doing? Jesus. Yeah, so that's that's where I am at the start of this podcast. There we go. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I've been to Universal only once when I was a kid, and we did not live here, and Ooh. I was really excited about it, and my brother was sick, and we didn't know at the time it had a fever of like 103, oh, but I made him go oh, anyway and dragged him on the Back to the Future ride and then he got really sick afterward and then couldn't go on anything else so it's not that great if you like force the person to do it and then you're like hey mm. i had a great time and they're like throwing up in the trash can yeah, so back to the future you know. am i right <laughs> <laughs> but um so 
what we would like you to do is if you could just introduce yourself and like a brief bio, anything you want to say about who you are and what you do, and then introduce the topic that you brought. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hello, everyone on this chat. And also, I guess anybody who's listening, this is Casey Tony. That's C-A-S-E-Y, T-O-N-E-Y, first name Casey, last name Tony. Just want to get for anybody who's really trying to get get the Google in, you know. I am a uh, performer and I guess audio editor in Chicago. I am uh, on the Neoscum a uh, narrative comedy podcast set in a friggin' neon 80s action movie, a uh, world of, of the future. Uh, we, we play role-playing game Shadowrun and, and just lay out a, a wild rip-roar and uh, hilarious story with, I think, a lot of heart. And uh, and I also edit, uh, do the audio editing for that show and try to make it as much like a, like a radio play as possible, basically. Um, and then I audio edit a few other things, such as, uh, the campaign podcast, the Skyjacks Arc, and uh, podcast paired, and I've, I've done some uh, a a project for Hey Riddle Riddle, and done some other audio engineering for them. And yeah, that's that's basically my my stuff. I came to Chicago to to do improv and comedy and acting, and just kind of fell into that. And uh, when I got laid off from my job, that has become my thing. <laughs> so it's like I guess I guess I'm an audio editor now. I guess I have to say that, or else I'm just a <laughs> I'm a neat. Um, N-E-T. Anyway, so my topic, now, this was, you know, you guys, you had reached out to me about this, and I I absolutely love the idea, and I was trying to think, and (laughs) I had trouble because I think I'm pretty in, like, you know, I do, like, streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Casey Pony, P-O-N-Y, and through that and, like, the podcast and other stuff, I feel like I'm pretty forthcoming about a lot of my different interests, even if they're kind of, like, embarrassing and stuff, (laughs) you know? So, So I was trying to think, I was like what is a thing that I don't really talk about and I don't share with the world but it's like really important to me and all I like the thing that that kind of uh rung the most true for that was songwriting I've been in a couple bands over the the past decade and even longer than that have like just written music on my own like a diary basically and just constantly write music uh and I've I've literally never any gotten anything recorded uh like a, a good studio environment or anything thing and and released it so it feels like for the you know at least the past eight years I've just kind of been chronicling my life with music that no one will ever hear and that's my topic does that work <laughs> yeah I mean this is something I did not know about you and I I come to your twitch streams and I've heard you talk a reasonable amount amount of things and, and other topics that you're interested in I had not heard of this so I definitely am interested to find out more about it like do you remember like specifically when you started like when did you decide do you have any memory of like the first thing you ever wrote well yeah actually I do I <laughs> <laughs> I um there are like a couple stages to this. There's like the first thing I ever wrote. There's like the first time I ever kind of tried to um be like be in a band and everything mm-hmm. and then there's the first time that like songwriting actually kind of clicked for me and became like a, a huge part of my life uh so the first one I'll, I'll go with is um the first song i ever wrote i'm so embarrassed even thinking about it i think i was like oh god was i 10 years old oh my god oh i'm getting so embarrassed <laughs> oh god the only person who's ever heard this okay so i don't i think i would <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm already so insanely embarrassed. I think I'd seen um the movie Eight Legged Freaks <laughs> fairly recently before this. Okay, I need to I need to regain my composure. Okay, so I I think I'd seen the movie Eight Legged Freaks, and I was just thinking about like giant like spiders or whatever. And I was like sitting on my bed, and it had like a window that overlooked the front yard. And um, I just had this really shitty tune come into my head. So I just started writing this song about like it was like me, but like just like a kind of like storytelling kind of like a, a, a boy who is seeing giant spiders out of his, out his window and trying to like tell his family about it and friends about it. And like each verse was like him addressing like a different person. Uh, I even remember the tune and some of the words. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I'm. Should I should I sing this on here real quick? I'm not gonna make you, but I would appreciate it. It's. I feel like I. I I'm not gonna like sing it, sing it. But I feel like I can't. 
I, I cannot express how embarrassingly, like, 10-year-old, stupid, fucking, cringy, awful this is unless I actually <laughs> uh, am open about it. So I, the only thing I remember, I think this is, like, how it opened. Oh, and this is, like, so Blink-182 or something. It's just really bad. I was 10 years old. Please forgive me. It was like, <laughs> hey, Mom, there's a spider outside my window, and I think that it has eaten the neighbor's dog. Hey, na da 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 And it would just go like that. And then there was like uh, a chorus that was like, something about like, I I don't remember. All I remember is writing that song, writing down these like awful lyrics and um, calling my next door neighbor and just like reciting the song to her. I don't even know why. It's not like it was even anything she would be interested in. I think I just need to relieve myself of it. I like to think that shortly after that, I was like, wow, this fucking sucks. I'm not going to do this again for at least another decade. (laughs) So that was my first song. That's incredible. That is amazing. Like, first off. Yeah, it was really, I, I like, also, like, the way I just sang it was not, like, in my head, like, imagine Blink-182, like, that kind of, like, vocals singing it. Just, like, really kind of, like, obnoxious, like, pop-punk 90s vocals. I don't know. Anyway, I'll stop talking about this. I <laughs> didn't even think I'd bring that up today. <laughs> So how long was it then until you like started exploring it? Like, cause you said you, you were in a couple bands. Yeah. So like, uh, so I, I, you know, like I said, I was probably like 10, maybe even younger. And it was just like a thing I was doing. But when I was in, maybe I was 19, maybe, maybe 20. Uh, no, I had to be 19. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. But I, I came home uh, after my, my freshman year in college, I think. And I, I discovered in like in high school, sophomore year of high school, that I could sing. Like I really had like no idea before that point um, just because I didn't I didn't try and I didn't come from a family that did music or anything. And because I, I think so much of like singing is just the confidence that you can like hit the note. Like when I sing happy birthday, it still sounds bad because I'm not like trying to fucking like sing it well and it feels like embarrassing to try to sing it well and so that those are where I existed and then like I got super into musicals and I went to that's what I went to college for and stuff so like I, I came home I think after after my first year and I was hanging out with um with my friend uh, friends uh, Dan and, and Lee and uh I knew that Dan played drums and Lee played guitar and we were just we're at this place in Toledo called Spaghetti Warehouse and we just started talking about it and we're like oh yeah like the three of us we could form like what if we did like play some music together or something and so we formed this little three-person unit and we were all like so bad at the time not so bad like the thing is i think like technically we all were skilled in what we were doing but we were all between like 18 and 19 years old and just writing like the most embarrassing music uh, although like some of it honestly like had some charm but also we were like i remember one of the songs we really worked hard on was <laughs> Two Princes by um was that the song from the nineties? Who's about yeah. it? Spin Doctors? Spin Doctors, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't even at the time I didn't even rem- remember that song. But my friend Dan, who played drums, was like super into it. As was Lee, and and so we <laughs> like that's. I'm just trying to like give you the sense of like what this band was. And we would play <laughs> on Dan's front porch. He had like a closed in front porch, and it like overlooked the street and stuff. And he'd play drums, and Lee would play guitar, and I would sing, and like that's it. I I forget what. I I wrote like just some real like dumb songs for that. There was one that I think did ha- kind of have like a spark of something, but I just I didn't know enough about what I was doing to like bring it home. That's kind of where I started doing like I would do like Christmas per- performances all the time. Like if you go on like my Instagram or whatever, like and go back, there's like a shit ton of recordings of me doing like Christmas songs. That's mainly because we would have a like the only time I really played publicly, <laughs> which is like crazy to think about was when we would get together and we'd do these like Christmas concerts, these like, you know, like holiday concerts uh, when we'd be home and, um, you know, because we're all at, all at college and then we would come home uh, over the summer. We'd play over the summer, but then we'd come home during winter break. We'd work on some covers because, you know, we didn't have to worry about writing our own music. We could just do good takes on like other stuff. And I think we did some genuinely like pretty good stuff there for, for what it was. But then eventually like one summer, everybody was too busy and it just kind of 
like didn't happen anymore and we were never really like that serious anyway so and i basically thought at that point i was like yeah so like i'm never like a band isn't isn't for me i have an important follow-up well not really an important follow-up but oh, one that please. i'm curious about what was the name of the band Did it have oh a name? yeah it was um oh man this is also like so revealing like this is like the <laughs> late aughts like 2008 or something and we were nothing's official it was the name of our band and i had originally pitched next to nothing uh which sounds that to me sounds like 1000 percent an early 2000s band i'm trying to think of like other but doesn't like next to nothing sound like a band that would have like a like a black and white photo but with like a big red like their name in red with some like shitty kind of like logo thing i don't know that's just how i see it but i was like yeah next to nothing i remember saying to somebody i was like yeah it's like next to nothing but nothing's official and then like dan was like oh yeah i actually like nothing's official and so we went by that but it has like the s there you know nothing's official it doesn't quite roll off the tongue um it was dumb <laughs> band names have never been they are, have been as loose and impermanent as any of the like actual music we were doing it was basically <laughs> just us fucking around you know i think i think i was already like picturing uh, like the logo for this band honestly yeah it's like it definitely i think oh i think nothing's official i think we did make one and it definitely had like the n and the o and some sort of like curved circular thing <laughs> Oh, wait, actually, I think I know what it was. It was like an N that took like the form of a circle, but it looked like a, like a no smoking sign, basically, that kind of thing, but with like the spaces for the, and then it had like a smaller circle in the middle for the, oh, oh God, that's so bad. That's so bad. That was nothing's official, but I, I still, not this past year, but the year before, get together with Lee and, and uh, do music, you know, around the holidays. Do you have anything original that you've done? Like even you said you haven't recorded it, but do you have like, do you still have like lyrics written down? Like, have you kept any record of what you've done? Yeah. So like the nothing's official stuff was all like bullshit. So no, but that was, it was like, I would kind of write music every once in a while when I was feeling very like emotionally like <laughs> rot or whatever. But then I had, well, to answer your, your question first, before I go into it, the next band I had was way more serious and actually like good not again not to say that lee and dan were good we just were like really young and i do have a, a lot of that stuff at least like recorded like on a phone of like various quality i do have one that is probably the cleanest phone recording i have that i could honestly send to you guys maybe and i don't know if if it would be worth including at some point or something but like basically like most of it like exists in my notes app and my voice memos app just hundreds and hundreds of songs and like parts of songs and just little like melodies or little bits of lyrics or whatever you know and i'll go back and i'll revisit stuff you know i'll uh, write something three years ago and then i'll come up with something else and i'll like be like oh that would actually work well with this and i'll fuse it together because it never became a real song you know so it's not like oh well i already made that song so i can, it's like <laughs> i can just do with them as i will because until i get to the point where i'm like oh i no longer like that just kind of like a sad place to get with like a song that nobody except for a few people have heard so i'm i'm curious because like it, it sounds like this is something something that you kind of go back and you revisit a lot and like work on have you had any like specific desire to go and like record something very professionally or is this something that's a little more just like everyone has their own little thing that they like secretly do to the side sort of thing and like don't look at this or, right. or like how how do you kind of like how does it exist for you it's definitely definitely a constant desire it's like one of the deepest desires but one that is like feels too far out of reach to like try for and that's kind of how it's felt like so like when we were in that band, we even, I mean, there's a point we did start to record some stuff in like, uh, this, I'm sorry, this is this, the second band, which I'll, I'll tell you more about a little bit later, but Andy, who's the drummer had some equipment to record and like, uh, in his basement had, you know, some foam up and stuff. And so we started to record it, but it just wasn't like at that point we got too busy. So we hadn't practiced in a while. So everything we were putting down to record just wasn't like quite there. And I had kind of like blown out my voice a little bit before then and given myself vocal nodes so like these songs that like I felt like I used to be able to sing really well maybe it was psychological but I was like having more trouble with them and w I would like listen to the track and I'd be like no that's not it that's not there you know so it's like that never got finished and at one point we were gonna you know re record at a studio in Ohio uh, that was actually I worked with um, I had a friend who her fiance at the time was a fairly well known and, 
and successful like um producer at like that kind of like local indie level and uh we're gonna like record with him maybe and then i think my brother like switched the times that he worked then you know uh, my my sister-in-law got pregnant and let me tell you i love my nieces like more than the world uh but there was like this time where it's like oh yeah okay so we you know we we missed our chance basically there was a point where we were really working on this and it passed and now we're we're just kind of trying to chase that but it gets harder and harder and so we just you know we never did and we get together every once you know over the holidays when everybody's back you know we'll get together and we'll jam or something and have a great time but and even now like out here like I'm constantly thinking like I need to like make my own music the problem is I I play drums kind of but I don't play a melodic instrument so I've never been able to accompany myself which is why none of this music is out there if I could play guitar or piano I would have like a fucking SoundCloud with just <laughs> like <laughs> dozens of little shitty like you know uh LPs or whatever I I even bought like a uh, like a nice uh, like a MIDI interface because I was like yeah I'm gonna learn Ableton like I've learned I taught myself how to edit I taught myself how to use Adobe Audition I can do this for for Ableton Live and uh, and I can teach myself how to make music even if I can't play piano I can pluck out the notes and like do layer after layer because I have done that I have like written music like digitally on like iPad and stuff uh, and even in Fruity Loops back in the day but that became too much and I've never gotten there either so this this is to answer your question this is a constant desire that has just gone unfulfilled for so long that it just kind of feels like impossible you know man now i just feel like i should encourage you instead of asking I know, I don't mean, I'm, I'm sorry i'm not trying to no <laughs> trying no, to no i don't mean like that uh, no i mean i i think um i mean obviously what we ask people to bring is is something that's a part of their life but not a primary part of it exactly or something that's really important to them but it's not something that they can interface with as regularly as they might like or as regularly as the things that they would say or what they do so yeah i mean i so i think my question at this point is really what do you think of these experiences with music which are still ongoing what have they brought to what you do in your everyday life that's a really good question because i think even if it is kind of hard to identify there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of interplay there i think um when i i talked about how like when i started to get like serious as like a songwriter and it, and it uh very just uh, how cliche it happened after like a major breakup and i was trying to process everything that happened and i didn't journal uh and and i know i should have journaled and i didn't go to therapy and i know i should have gone to therapy just in general when i was younger so what i would do is i would um i I commuted at at this point like 30 minutes from my house to college and so I would go back and forth and I would just like belt the whole way and I would get hit by like a lot of times it was just like a phrase like a thought like a specific sentence or something that I could not let go of in my head and I would like make music of it. And would like really work on them and like would never settle on what I had. would like keep like tweaking lyrics and melodies and finding like things to do for them. Uh, and, and again, they started out pretty bad and stupid, but I just constantly did it. And the thing is, it's like once I put it to music, you know, no instruments, but like made this full length <laughs> acapella song with like and even like voicing little instrument parts that I heard in my head and stuff. Like once I got all that out of me. It's like I took these bad feelings and like alchemized them into something that made me happy and something that made me proud and and fulfilled me. And so even though the like the bad feelings were still there, it's like if I felt bad, I could like sing that song to myself or think about that song and basically use that to neutralize a bit. And um, that's what songwriting really became for me. Like it's hard for me to write music about stuff that isn't bothering me. Like if I'm (laughs) like if I'm in love and things are going well, I'm not going to write music about it because I just want to live it. You know what I mean? But if I'm in love and it's unrequited, I'm going to write a million songs about it. And so so it, it songwriting just became my journaling because I didn't have an outlet to sing anymore. 
I like rarely was doing musicals anymore and I didn't have a band. Uh, and, uh, you know, especially after moving to Chicago and stuff, I had like no means uh, or reason to sing. It became a reminder to myself that that is still something I can do because like that is like a big part of myself, like singing and something that was like a major part of my life. And, and I do take pride in and me singing to myself and creating music is like, hey, like you can still do this, even though nobody sees it and you you wish they could and you had like the reasons for that or whatever. Even if you're not using your hand, you can still feel your blood running through it, basically that kind of thing. So. I'm not sure how to ask this because as someone who like also I work autobiographically so it's mm-hmm. it's a very weird line to draw between you're making art or you're writing because you're feeling something and yeah. then tying that too much to that feeling um so that like you feel like you can't be creative unless you're in a certain state like is that something that you feel like you struggle with with songwriting or is that or hmm. or, or do you specifically really use it as a processing mechanism Oh that's a really good point and and I I think part of what makes that a difficult to answer is that because I never got to a point where writing songs is anything other than uh, just kind of like a form of like self-reflection and like processing for, you know, emotional mental health and everything like that. I, I mean, I could see that changing if I were actively working on like albums that I was putting out or something but I feel like I write songs when I feel like I need to write songs and sometimes I want to write a song so I really try to write a song and it's it's just garbage sometimes like it's it's lucky but like sometimes it'll be like I want to write a song and so I I try to I'll like search myself you know and sometimes that works out sometimes it doesn't but really it is like a a kind of um uh when I'm taken by like I have to and like and which leads to some very awkward, silent, like, initial recordings of me on the fucking train, <laughs> you know, back in the day on the way home from work, like, with my headphones on, the little microphone in your headphone, basically, like, putting it in my mouth. <laughs> like that, like, and lots of, like, you know, roommates in the other room sleeping, but I, and I have to sleep, but I keep, it's like I have something in my head that I have to, like, take down, so getting out my phone and very quietly trying to sing that while still capturing like what I was going for. I think what is easier to do without like being immediately super inspired by emotion for me is like working on a song that I already kind of like got there with, you know, it's like tweaking lyrics or um, maybe not writing like a whole second verse. I feel like I still need to be like inspired for that, but being like, hmm, or, or the stuff that I can kind of step back and think of more I don't want to say logically, but more just kind of like hard work stuff uh, rather than like needing the muse in those moments. Yeah, it's the difference between like getting the initial concept versus then being able to step back and like build upon it. Like those are two different things, basically. Yeah. So one is like a creatively satisfying thing and one is like an emotionally satisfying thing. And I just kind of like pass between those as needed. I think like also this is totally off. This isn't even based on a question or anything, but like that second band that, you know, I, I was in for a couple years before moving to Chicago which literally was four years as of Monday that I've been in Chicago um that's just a little bit of trivia. Uh, but that was like with my brother and a friend of his who he was in multiple bands with in high school and who, who you know, I knew and was friendly with and had a decent relationship. He was my brother's friend, but, you know, like we got along. I knew him for several years. And like what was so interesting there is like I had finally I'd gotten to a point where a I was enough of a songwriter at that point because I had just on my own threw out enough stuff I hated and kind of honed what worked for me and in my taste and artistic sensibility that I got to a point where I was like a decent enough songwriter and I also figured out how to sing that kind of music it was like a period like I like I said I've been a singer since high school but like I was so trained by like musical theater that even when I like I would I wasn't sounding like I was singing musical theater when I wasn't in fact I think even when I sang musical theater people would say that I kind of had like a more like rocky sound or something but like I definitely was like my voice was like colored by that in a way and I feel like it like I figured something out and I forget what the circumstance was but like my brother 
I, I don't know. I forget if he just wanted to like jam once or if, if he wanted to hear a song of mine or something. The thing is, it's like my brother is like three years older and is he was so popular like when he was younger and is just a really hard worker and has accomplished so incredibly much, you know, in the in the time he's been on this planet. And uh, so I've always like looked up to my looked up to my brother so much and, and like thought he was so cool and especially doing music. He uh, is a guitarist and was like really good back in high school. Like he's been in bands since he was like 13 years old they would win like region-wide battle of the bands and stuff like that and he like really wanted to be like a professional music musician for a while but that just kind of fell off and he went on to do other stuff and then you know would still play guitar for fun and stuff but at one point like he like gave me (laughs) essentially what feels like a shot to prove myself and like i brought like a bunch of these songs that i'd written just on my own and uh as particularly one of them at the time like he really liked and like we we worked on it together and uh then he got like Andy involved uh the the one dude on on drums and backup vocals Andy's got a good voice too and and we just like we started doing music and and I can't tell you how insanely emotionally fulfilling it was for like my brother to finally acknowledge me as like a musician and like a, a music like creator uh somebody who I, I had looked up to like you know most of my life as somebody in that in that and to like be able to like play music with him and have him like say positive things about, about what I was creating was like you know I really during that period I was in overdrive and I would just I would write song after song after song after song and I feel like my, my voice was the best I ever had been before I like gave myself vocal notes yeah I I, I don't know I I just went off on that whole thing without even a, a question but I <laughs> I guess I just wanted to really like make the point of that period of like how much like creating that music, even if nobody heard it, like how much that meant to me. I think I get it because I think there's something that like, I actually can't figure out the right way to say it. There's something about like art doesn't need to be seen by everybody for it to be real. Like, I think we put a lot of pressure on like, oh, it needs to be out. Like it needs to be acknowledged by a quantifiable statistic of people. And then suddenly that makes it like valid or something. And, And really it's like, sometimes it just needs to be heard by the people who need to hear it, whether it's like you or someone you really care about. Yeah. Yeah. That's just as valid as art as, anything else i totally agree with that i think like i want my music to be heard by other people i want to be able to perform my music publicly like very much but at the same time it was like just enough to be able to create with those guys and to kind of like feel that like validation from uh from somebody i respected so much to keep me going and to you know to really like continue like uh stoking those fires and i i became like a even like better songwriter through that period because i was writing so much and actually like collaborating on like uh, on that stuff cuz it can be tough for me as like a since i'm not an instrumentalist and i'm just kind of creating based on like melody and other kind of layers of music in my head i can kind of be restricted to like paint within the lines of the vocals i've already laid down in this way which is kind of hard to express but like it's hard to change the key in your head at least for me not a music theory person it's like real easy for a guitar to like change a chord that completely recolors something like learning those lessons you know i feel like also helped me improve and that was a good enough feeling to keep it going at least at, at the time you know do you think that if you had collaborators now that it would change how much songwriting you do? Yeah, absolutely. I went back fairly recently. I know I say like I write songs all the time, but I went back fairly recently and um, I was like, oh, yeah, I have these songs that I wrote in, in the past year that are good. Like because I think this was even recently when I got like the keyboard with it. I was like, is there anything that would I have to start writing new music or is there s- some of my old songs that I could like easily transfer here? And I looked through and I was like, yeah, I have some good stuff in the past year or stuff that has like just like a seed planted but needs to you know be like fed and then I looked and it's like all those songs I thought I wrote in the past year were over like two and a half years because I was in Chicago and like time and like when I wrote them was also concentrated because it was when I knew I was going back to play or when I was in like a period of like significant emotional like I did I had like an, an unrequited thing for a while there that like fueled like a just so many songs and like so many so many songs and then um yeah like when I know I'm going back to and I'm gonna get to play with anybody it lights this fire in me and I 
and I write like crazy. So I, I know that's like, that's such a huge thing for me. Just having a purpose. It, the songwriting is something I, I do for myself, but when you're struggling, there are a million other ways you might choose to try to deal with it, you know? And sometimes those other ways win out unless I actively am thinking like I need to write a song. But when I'm actively thinking I need to write a song, suddenly like everything becomes like fuel for that. Uh, so yeah, if I if I had collaborators, absolutely. I was gonna say it also helps to have someone keep a lot of those things not in check, but like help you could you help bolster each other because like you basically have a built in like you have to get this done so that like so and so could like listen to it and maybe add something to it or or change something up or write mm-hmm. chords or or something like that. Like there's at least one other person out there who will always hear <laughs> this, um, and having to work with that. I think that helps a lot for for any not just not just songwriting but i think like any process absolutely that's why i think like i think of like indie game development i would also that's even further from songwriting i would love to make a game one day uh and i've bought software for that so many times and like written down notes and plans but it's like there are so many other <laughs> creative things i have to do that i know how to do and that are mm-hmm. already taking up all my energy that like starting <laughs> something like that but i think of like you know indie game devs who uh will work on a title for like seven years and they they can show it to like their small team and a few people they care about but like for the most part they have to hold on to that and like it really it makes me sad and like in certain ways like in a very very small sense I kind of understand that feeling and how even the thing you care about starts to lose its shine because you've been the only one appreciating it and polishing it back and forth in the cycle so I can only imagine with like a like a project like that where you're like who knows when it'll be done who knows when people will get to play this and what if I work I spend the better part of a decade on this and then people don't like it or something like respect to developers the world over, but especially indie developers. The, the really hard problem with art is that it's so intensely personal and it has to be intensely personal, but you also need an audience because I think you need them to keep you creatively honest or you won't finish anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to keep you honest is, is a re- is a really good good way of putting it. It's kind of like when you're talking to friends about like you're processing your emotions kind of out loud with someone and you kind of say something and then after you say it you're like that's not true. <laughs> You're like, once I, once I put that out there under the judgment of, you know, somebody else, like I'm able to kind of critically uh, assess my own feelings and reactions a little bit better. So in lieu of having a direct collaborator now, like in the present day, like what keeps you coming back to songwriting? I think it's, uh, I, I think it's just a part of me, especially at this point. Like uh, I really do, even in like the small ways, kind of, you know, like somebody who like sings as they work, but also like it feels feels like such a natural response for me to feel something and to have that like bubble up into like some kind of music in the same breath basically and even in small ways that don't get written down or recorded in, in voice memos you know yeah it really just it just feels like like a part of me now i've taught myself to that's kind of how i do it and if you think about it like i just turned 30 and they say like there's a whole thing it's like every every seven years by the end of seven years like every cell in your body has regenerated and like or split and like died or whatever so there's no physically part of you that is the same that was before i'm sure that's underselling the science behind that the bi- biology <laughs> behind it but still that kind of idea and it's like that's how long I've been serious about songwriting so there's like not a cell in my body that knows a time where I wasn't doing that that's more metaphysical than literal but I I, podcasts are an audio medium I've just been aggressively nodding my head because like I I feel like yes I feel that so much like but that doesn't translate in audio so (laughs) I mean I I relate to that deeply with like art the same way where it's just like if you've been doing it for so long it's just kind of like becomes a part of what you do because it's there and there's no there's not a good way to describe that because it's so innate sometimes yeah outside of time Time or experience or fear. What is your dream for how songwriting would be part of your life? Hmm, in the uh, like in the future? Yeah, in the, in the fu- I mean, it can be the future. It could be tomorrow morning if you want it to be magical. So I, I do think, um, and it's kind of sad how much of a fantasy this is, but I often think of like a kind of like personal freedom that capitalism doesn't allow. 
And like, I imagine if automation and the loss of need for like menial labor and, and different stuff like that, if it were like actually used how it should be to give like time and energy back to the people and safety and comfort and everything like that. And, and not, I mean, be totally abused later to like line the pockets of the people who are already so rich and powerful. Like I think of that and I think of a life in which I was free and encouraged to pursue every single parallel creative interest that I have like drawing used to be a huge part of my life and I used to be in like back in high school I would say I was like I would call myself like a legit like good artist but I didn't have time for it because I was so uh, I was leaning so hard into like musical theater and, and theater and, and film acting and stuff like that at the time that I just didn't have time and there weren't the tools back then when like at my age when I was in college that that there are now that make it like so easy to get your work out there like Twitter used as a tool for art and all the different like apps and stuff like that and like tablets and so, some of that stuff existed it just wasn't like as accessible and so like I gave that up and there is like forever an emptiness there and different stuff like songwriting, which I do on my own, but it's like, there's no way that I go from like where I am now to suddenly being like a professional, like musician. It, it's, that's not how it will happen. It won't happen. And uh, so that's like another emptiness uh, to, to like kind of carry with me at least that I try to wring as much happiness and fulfillment out of as possible. And um, you know, acting like, as I lean more into like Neoscum and, and podcasting and stuff like that, it's very fun to do that kind of stuff. But I had to like step back from improv and sketch acting and stuff. And it was very fun to do the improv and sketch acting. I had to step back from like dramatic like stage acting, which is like also a thing. It's like I don't do dramatic acting anymore. And that was like an insanely huge part of my life. I was like going to be like an actor, you know? And it's just like there isn't, especially with, I'll tell you what there isn't but first i'll tell you what there is there's a cat meowing outside my doorway uh <laughs> also understanding that just there isn't enough life for i think some creative people i'm sure like a lot of creative people i just can't speak for them but at least for me for all the different ways i want to express myself artistically and want to excel at artistically and want to put the effort in to get that good and there just isn't enough time and energy and like i imagine like i think of like being like really rich i think of like winning the lottery and I'm not acting, certainly not acting like I would win like that and be totally selfless or something like that. I certainly wouldn't. But like the fantasy that I think of is I could just create. I would have so much time and safety to just – I've gone on this this topic uh, constantly. But really, I, I – um, I, I think every t every time you spend time getting better at something, you, at least in, in this life, have to give up something else. That could very well mean just as much to you. I don't know if that addressed it. I have to reread the question. <laughs> Oh yeah, so song, how songwriting would be a part of my life. The dream is is that is that I would I would get to put as much time and energy into songwriting and performing music like publicly as I do with like editing and, and podcasting and stuff like that. Well, listening to you mention that it makes me think like how precious the moments are that you get to do that in mm -hmm. any capacity because of that. It is such a give and take. So being able to take a little bit of time for something like that is always something that is i think valuable um, yeah yeah i don't have that's i'm just like i don't have another follow-up thought yeah. i just feel that real freaking hard so yeah absolutely and i think this is the same conclusion we would have come to had we talked about street sharks so uh, <laughs> you know, it's all really the, like i'm saying it's all just the same you give up one thing you pick up another street sharks had to die for something else <laughs> I actually think the opposite. I don't mm -hmm. I don't think there is such a thing as wasted time. I don't think it's ever wasted. Even even when you're not creating, even when you're just living your life, I think even so the things that seem like they don't go anywhere, I think they all go back into the art somehow. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. All of the, you know, even just like the songwriting that I 
have done for quote unquote, like no purpose still has served in, in, an incredible purpose for myself, even if it isn't, you know, whatever, fulfilling some specific things that I want is still meaningful. And the, the time I spend with people uh, or don't spend with people is what inspires that songwriting in the first place. So yeah, it, it, it is all tied together there. It's one big, it's one big package. No matter, like, there's no way to just like separate it all. Um, mm -hmm. any type of creating like is that's what it is and it's just so uh i'm like i'm i can't put words to it because i'm just having like a big emotion about like art and which i get very often so i'm just like <laughs> kind right, of right. vibrating with like this this feeling but but yeah thank you for allowing me to talk it at length uh, about this it, it really again there's like because <laughs> there's like nobody who necessarily like would want to to hear all that unprompted uh anyway so it, it's it's a great relief to have cause to to talk to 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 you guys about it so thank you yeah thank you so much for for taking the time to come on and talk about this because this was like such a lovely conversation seriously where can people find you online um anything you want to plug uh all that all those good projects and stuff this is your space so let it rip uh well you can find me uh on twitter is probably the primary spot twitter.com sorry let me start again http <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it's uh it, my my at is at casey pony uh that's uh, c-a-s-e-y uh, p-o-n-e-y uh, from there, you can find a lot of my stuff in my bio, but I, I do streams every Wednesday. I'm I'm streaming Fall of the Kingdom, which is my series where I play through the mainline Kingdom Hearts games. You can, you'll de definitely, uh, I feel like see, see Anne in there a lot of the time and, and Emily as well some of the time. And that's fun if you ever want to join in on that. Uh, but then also Neo Scum, uh, which is, is the big thing, uh, the podcast, neoscum.com and campaign uh, other stuff like that i don't know you can find it all on my twitter just freaking drop a follow you know what i'm saying <laughs> well thank you again so much Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or use your feelings about the show to write a song. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use. And if you like the show, tell a friend or softly sing to your phone on the train and hope no one notices. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy. When you're a kid, you got nowhere to go but up. You got nowhere to go but forward. You got nothing to hold you back. You've got time, then. You've got time. When I grow up, you say, by the grace to luck, I'm gonna be somebody special. I'm gonna meet my potential. I've got time still. I've got time You grow old You don't grow till you're done You just stop being young Now you're dying With everyone else With your pen and your tongue Write a song, make it fun Leave a message For everyone that